Welcome to Better on the Inside, a podcast about soul care in the digital age. This is your host and pastor, John Pyle. What's up, y'all? I'm back. It's only been a week, but I've missed you so much. This is part two of my conversation with Tracy Rhodes, author of Shaky Ground and Not All Who Wander Spiritually or Lost. And we had a great conversation last week. I hope you had a chance to check it out in the new format of the podcast, right? It's pretty neat. I really enjoyed it. A little more bite-sized, a little more ready for folks to listen. And I'm excited that I get a chance to share these kind of conversations with you in a way that I hope they're easier to digest. I would love to hear your feedback about it always. Um, But I'm excited about it because I love digging back into these conversations because they're so rich. And so part of the conversation last week that Tracy had, and uh, Tracy and I had, excuse me, uh, was really digging into different expressions of faith and discovery and the idea of there's more out there than our tradition. And in this clip, it's about finding Jesus. And I I don't want to spoil the ending, but it's really good because Tracy talks about some practices that she wouldn't have expected some practices that aren't necessarily the ones that you would expect. And there's a lot of beauty and she really weaves this story. And so this is a little bit of a longer thing that it's, that I can't really synthesize. And I don't want to synthesize because Tracy's storytelling is so good. And the conversation that we have is so good about searching for expressions and, and where to land with that. Because the question that starts it is, are there limits? Are there limits to where you would explore and look for Jesus. And so I'm excited about it. You'll hear the question too in what we're doing. Um, and then we'll come back for the non-judgment zone of joy, but enjoy this conversation. Thought of a better question after I asked that one, uh, which is what, which is kind of the opposite question, which is like, what are the limits to your curiosity? Like where have you found there to be limits as you've explored out there? Are there limits or have you found things where you're like, that's a step too far or, Maybe that's good for you, but not for me. Like, where have you found there to be limits to that curiosity? It's a great question. And one, I think is going to be different for everyone. I I lean very heavily on the Holy Spirit for a lot of that. Right. However, I'm also a very serious, passionate Bible student. Mm. And so scripture guides me too. And again, what has been so fascinating as I, I've been a Bible study teacher for years and years. And what's been so fascinating to me is I just actually just yesterday wrote an article about second Timothy two, two, no, first, first Timothy two, two. And it's um, the instruction to pray for everyone, including kings and leaders, so right. that you can lead a quiet life. Mm. Well, that um, gentleman who is part of the, I believe he's Coptic Orthodox on Twitter, he's the one that sparked my interest in this verse because he said that that leading a quiet life is their concept of contemplation. Wow. And of contemplative prayer. And so then I was like, I, Baptist girl, I would never read Quiet Life and think, oh, I'm going to do Lectio Divina, you know. Right. <laughs> so just to learn that, again, my lens of how I read scripture is my lens. 
you know, so, so if you're in a different, um, church tradition, if you are from a different place, if you, um, were raised in the South, if you were raised in the, you know, North, all of those things are a factor and it doesn't mean it's not even right or wrong. It doesn't mean my understanding is the only understanding. That's how I say it. Um, and that's perfectly legitimate. So all of those things can guide you. And what's interesting to me, like, you know how they ask those questions, you know, what would you tell your 19 year old self or whatever sure. what advice would you give? What's interesting to me on this journey is the things that I would have been afraid of have been part of Christianity since at, at least you know, the 100s, yeah. 200s, yeah. but likely branched off of Judaism, right. stuff Jesus would have done. You know, like yeah. praying the hours is a great example um, yeah. and speaks very much to your topic of Beyond Sunday. Yeah. I mean, if you unpack form that. A, unpack that a little bit. Yeah. If you form a habit of, and the Orthodox and Catholic, especially the monastics, but Plenty of devout Catholic and Orthodox people as well have little prayer books and they're formal prayers, um, but they're instructed when to read them up to, if I remember correctly, nine hours. Oftentimes it'll be prayers that you're doing it in accordance with the last days of Jesus. So Mm. when he would have been on the cross, when he gave his final breath, when he, you know, um, was resurrected. So there's this behind the scenes reflection on those final days of Christ. Yeah. But also then these prayers that are very guiding. Um, I've used the Coptic Orthodox prayer book, Agpia, probably the most just because I really like the, whatever translation they're using or whatever. from Arabic to English they're using is really beautiful and flowing nicely. And in there, they have some like traditional church prayers that I'm not necessarily familiar with, but then you also pray the Psalms and legitimate, like who, who would object to praying the Psalms? Right. Um, But uh, the most I've ever gotten to is three, (laughs) you know, morning, (laughs) noon and night. But um, you see how, and you can, I mean, there's apps, so it could beep, you know, right. and remind you to do this. There's timers you can set on your phone. There's all kinds of ways that people do it. But it gets to that idea of focusing on God throughout your busy day yeah. and taking the time to, um, again, referring to a hymn, turn your eyes upon Jesus, right? Because right. it's not it's not natural when we're busy, when we're at work, when we have to remember to get the kids, when it's yeah. hot. You know, so yeah, yeah. Well, we, I mean, in that, we also have to acknowledge that we're so much busier than our ancestors. And not to say that our ancestors didn't, our ancestors probably worked harder than we did. So it's not that they didn't work. It's just that our lives are so busy Mm -hmm. and really, in a way, like loud. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not, Mm -hmm. not just in the noise idea, but just in the clutter of we do a million different things. Mm -hmm. And, Mm It, it was a simpler life. And so this is a calling back to simplifying. And I think, I, I think there's a movement in beyond church, just in society where a lot of people are trying to reclaim some simple stuff. 
Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And, and man, praying the hours. That's really cool that you share that. Mm-hmm. And w- when you were talking about the, di- you know, uh, uh, embracing different traditions and being open to that, and we all have different perspectives. As somebody who wasn't raised in the church, I got to the mm-hmm. church world and saw things completely differently. And so I know exactly what you're talking about. And, you know, the a joking thing that happened is me and some other of the unchurched people were talking of like, Man, it would be really cool if we did like a class before church that people could come to. <laughs> Anyone ever and, like, thought of that? Yeah, and like <laughs> learn more in depth. And then all of the church people were like, that's Sunday school you're describing. You're describing <laughs> Sunday school. And we don't want to do it because we were like that was a torture and a chore and something mm-hmm. that was, but we invented Sunday school, mm-hmm. right? Because we didn't have the same baggage. We mm-hmm. didn't have the same perspective of what it was and understand the utility of something like that. And so I think embracing the perspectives of people from the outside is something difficult for the church generally to do. But I think it's important to have those perspectives in there um, to yes. see it differently. And to realize that just because you had a bad experience with something doesn't mean it's bad altogether. Ooh. Ooh. You know, that's a and, good word. And I mean, you can even you know, I think back to Catholics who attended um catechism, right? Which is right. their their learning of Catholic doctrine. Um many other traditions yeah. have catechism, but that's the example I'm using. And if it was led by a mean nun, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, who was wrapping your knuckles when you didn't have something memorized, or if you were made to feel really guilty or shameful, um, if it was given to you rote, meaning mm. just say this monotonous yeah. and memorize it, and then you'll know. That's a whole lot different than that loving, godly man who mm. d- maybe is new to Catholicism. It's a yeah. great, great angle. Because then you come to it with a freshness and with the realization that these scriptures that are in catechismic teachings are guides to our life. You know, they're um, that come straight from God and just Mm. it's a completely different experience. And we could use any example we wanted. Um, And I have a lot of people, you know, that will say, well, I grew up, um, Episcopalian. That was too formal for me. And so that I love going to now these more contemporary, um, non-denominational churches that play great. I actually like the music here, you know, sure, it, it can go one way or the other. I've had to be careful. And I've written about this some too, to not become critical and judgmental of where I may not be anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, can, can, and I asked myself, I think God asked this of me a lot. Tracy, could you walk into any church and worship me? Like if mm. it was Bible teaching, if it was, you know, it doesn't, yeah. doesn't have to get weird. <laughs> Just an <laughs> honest question. You know, could you go into, I, I, I do some thinking on, if how we're wired is something to do with how we like church, 
Ooh, yeah. You know, I, I'm, yeah. A, I'm a writer. I'm more of an academic intellectual. I like history. So I can see where I'd be drawn to mass. Sure. I'm not real comfortable in a Pentecostal church. Hmm. Um, I, you know, if, if you start, I, I remember one time my friend and I went to hear a speaker and they played some songs beforehand. And it was a more, I think more charismatic would be their official title. Yeah. And one of the first things the song leader said was, if you're not, you know, having enough room in your chair, you go ahead and move out to the aisle and you see yeah. these people. I'm like, oh no, they're going to move out, you know? Yeah. So, but again, great godly people in the charismatic yeah. traditions, you know, yeah. that I, I think we're going to worship probably a lot like them in heaven someday. I'm just not quite there yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you have such a gentle, and so I, I love that you brought up the non-judgmental piece because something just in our conversation that I could see is how gentle your spirit is of not, of it's not about criticizing or critiquing other traditions. It's about finding what works for you. And, finding Jesus. Oh, I yeah, write about right. that a ton. If right. Jesus is in that, then I, I want to try that. I yeah. want to learn about that. Mm -hmm. oh, that's a great way to articulate it. What And so you're... you're... I really love that answer, right? If Jesus is in it, I'm in. I, I love Tracy's attitude about that. And that's one of the reasons that I talked to her. And so... As you're listening to this, I want you to be mindful of what spiritual practices actually feed your soul and which ones don't, and which ones that you can set aside for now or maybe forever. That's not for you to decide right now. Um, in terms of forever, you don't have to worry about forever. That's what I mean. Uh, it is for you to decide which spiritual practices feed your soul. You don't have to make this deep, long-term decision. You can just know what is going to benefit you at this moment. Uh, and feed your soul because some of the spiritual practices that we engage in and some of the ones that we've largely been encouraged to pursue actually like hurt your soul <laughs> and could actually like kill your soul in some ways. So I know that there's like a, in the uh, evangelical industrial complex kind of church um, that we've talked about, there's kind of this uh, one size fits all God time idea that everybody needs to have a, 30 minute God time every day where you pray, read and reflect or something like that. And while that is not a bad practice, there are certainly reasons and ways and experiences and people where that doesn't feed your soul, where that adds nothing to your experience with Jesus. And in fact, it might even be hurting you. I have friends who really struggled reading scripture right now. I have people who are not ready to pray or don't know how to pray or aren't ready to take the time to reflect in the same kind of way. And so there's no one size fits all in terms of spirituality and soul care. There just isn't. But just like a doctor uh, who says, hey, my elbow hurts when I do this. And the doctor says, don't do that. Uh, in the same way with spiritual practices, if reading scripture hurts, don't do it. If you can't find a way to pray, maybe that's not what you're supposed to be doing right now. So Take a moment to really survey the spiritual practices that are benefiting you and helping you grow. And that's not to say that they'll be easy. Uh, some of the most beneficial spiritual practices like silence or submission or fasting are actually really difficult. And so this isn't a do what feels good, woo, kumbaya. No, 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 no. 
you know which ones are killing your soul and you know which ones are hard and worth striving for. Um, and if you don't, reach out. Let me know, john at betteronetheinside.com and I could help you find some of those spiritual practices that actually feed your soul. So super thankful for Tracy in being able to do that um, and have those conversations and uh, just be a really, really awesome person who is open-minded and caring and really wants to help everyone. Uh, now we're rolling into the non-judgment zone of joy and it's a longer one because not only do you get to hear me sing uh, musical theater style there's some stories and some conversations about the nature of music and what music what worship music is and all that and it's really good to listen to because one of the spiritual practices that will feed your soul i promise i'm absolutely certain it will feed your soul and i'm just as certain that you're not sick of it is joy Joy is something that cares for our soul. It it buffers our soul from the things that try to kill it and wear it down. It also adds to the foundation of who we are as people. And so if you don't know what's going to bring you joy this week, find a way to have joy this week. Joy is so important. I cannot overstate that. Joy is so important. Uh, so find yourself some joy this week, y'all, and listen to this non-judgment zone of joy with my friend Tracy Rhodes. We're entering a segment of the podcast that I call the non-judgment zone of joy. Um, perhaps you've heard it. We still don't have a theme song, so I still sing it, inspired <laughs> by the music and so I'll sing the song and I'll ask you your musical inspiration and then I'll ask you what is bringing you joy right now. And so what kind of music have you been listening to? Like what's the music that you're vibing with? Well, if I can tie it to a really short story. So I have a yeah. teenage daughter who very much likes to be her own person. Like she's going to yes. do it all her way. Teenage daughter. And um, she has decided at this stage in life that she it's not overly fond of praise and worship music. Sure. She thinks it repeats itself too much, you know, she, whatever. And so I'm constantly, and as parents, we do this. And especially on my journey, I'm like, well, then we'll find something different. There's other, yeah. you know, yeah. so we, she's, you know, listened to some of the old hymns. She likes those. Okay. But what we landed on because she loves musical theater is we created a Spotify playlist of songs about God from musicals. So you think of Maria's prayer in Sound of Music. You sure. think of the whole Jesus, maybe questionable. Right. I don't right. know. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. So that's been really fun to say, okay, you know, if that's where you are right now, then how, how can God meet you there? Yeah. Because he will oh. and, and mom can help, right? Yeah. So we created that playlist. So that's kind of what we've been uh, jamming to lately. Okay, that's really cool on so many different fronts because <laughs> my wife is a theater teacher. Oh, I love it. She, I didn't know she that. Was a, she was a musical theater minor. And so musical theater is like her expertise. And so we listened to a lot of musical theater in the Pyle mm -hmm. household. Um, another thing we saw was an ad for Prince of Egypt, the musical. Oh. Uh, if you remember the movie, they're making a musical out of it. And I didn't know. It's going to have some... The, the songs on that soundtrack are great, but like it's going to have a musical theater vibe. I'm going to go look now because there's one coming out on Eden as well. Oh, that'll be great. Mm -hmm. 
And so, so I love it. Uh, I, and there's, I mean, Les Mis has a lot of great mm-hmm. music that's not like traditional praise music, but mm-hmm. certainly incorporates the idea of the divine and so much of what they're talking about. Right, the whole what, underlying yeah. theme, right? If you were yeah. to dissect the show, yeah. So good. That's that's really cool. I love that. So musical theater, um, no pressure on me uh, because it's not it's oh. what my wife excels. What my wife excels in. Uh, maybe she'll join me uh, for. Uh, maybe she'll record something separate for it, but I doubt she will. Uh, so I'll have to do the non-judgment zone of joy. I'm more of like a speak singer kind it's of person. It's great. It's all good. And in fact. Um, I'll do a little dialogue and then I'll sing a song, maybe a little bit inspired by Prince of Egypt, but it's like, what's happening? I don't know. I just, I feel a sense of something welling up within me. Well, you know what that might be? That might be joy. (laughs) Welcome to the non-judgment zone of joy. We talk about what brings us joy. Yeah, there we go. Very good. Yes. Felt great. Felt good. Felt good. I wish they I could see the... your your face. Is your you totally yeah. have an actor face on when you do that? Yeah, I'm I'm going for it. I can I can't look <laughs> at the camera when I do it. I realize I have to like be in the moment. So Tracy, what is bringing you joy right now? It's probably not going to come as a surprise after the discussion that we've had, but the routine of Mm. back to school (laughs) in fall. Um, I love, I love summer and I like vacation, of course, just like the next person. But after June, maybe after the 4th of July, I'm like, okay, we did that. (laughs) So now, Ah. you know, can we get back to a nine to five and a, you know, I, I really thrive on routine, especially as I get older. And so just to be back in that rhythm feels, feels nice. Brings me a lot of joy. That's awesome. So you're not one of LFO summer girls. Uh, I like it when the girls stop by for the summer. You're not a summer girl. That's I mean, not your for a week. Yeah. <laughs> and then ah! it's like, okay, we did it. We did it. I we did all it. the things. Yeah. I love it. Tracy, thank <laughs> you. And so Traces of Faith is the Substack. Everybody should go there. Subscribe. There's a free option, but you can also pay. And I would say that it's worth paying. It's good. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, and you've got some great books, right? Not all who w- spiritually wander are lost. Mm-hmm. Shaky ground. Mm-hmm. You can find them on Amazon. Anywhere. Yeah, what is, I, I looked yeah. up Target one time just because I was curious. Yeah, anywhere. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And Traces of Faith is the Twitter handle. I had to double check to make yes. sure that that's there. Yep. And you can yep. find all of those things here. Tracy, thank you so much for stopping by and chatting with it's us. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, John. I've had a great time, too. <laughs> Y'all, talking to Tracy was so fun, and she spelled out all the deets, but just a reminder, tracesoffaith.com. If you want to continue the conversation here, you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash better on the inside. Man, I love y'all. It is so good to be back with you just every week. It's so nice. And next week, I'm going to have a new guest who is going to help us with another aspect of caring for our souls in the digital age. And he's going to be talking about place and the role that place and community play in this. You're not going to want to miss it. Fantastic author. Good dude. So I look forward to seeing y'all next week. Love y'all. Thank you for listening to Better on the Inside. 
please take a moment to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Send your questions and comments to john, J-O-N, at betteronthinside.com.